You look good when the lights were off. So you look good when the lights were down, but say you look even better now. See, I saved somebody. I saved you. I saved you. Say, say you look better with the lights on. Amen. <clears throat> I am needing some lights on the stage. If y'all could hook a brother up. Thank you. Amen. Good to see you this morning. Is it good to be back? Amen. Anybody get lost coming, this, coming here this morning? Everybody know where we're at? A few people did? Okay. All right. All right. All right, MapQuest, 505 South Main. But uh, we're glad you made it. I'm glad that you're here. Uh, Pastor Ralph said it earlier. We love first-time guests. Thank you for being with us. If this is your first time, faith in you, don't we really think they're some of the coolest people Amen. on this earth? Let them know that. Amen. Amen. Good to have my parents this morning. They were unable to be with us last week and fellowship and celebrate their, their uh, first service in this building, but I'm thankful they were able to be with us today as I looked around. Uh, just uh, several folks from the high school in this area. This is a good-looking group right up in this area. Amen. Hey, that's a good-looking group. Amen. Good to have, uh, I think, Candace to Candace line out. She was here just a few minutes ago, so she's um, our, uh, been my contact over at Lowe's. I met her at Lowe's. I'm sometimes you can just talk about Jesus anywhere, and uh, and for some reason over the last month I found myself at Lowe's quite a bit. I really wish we'd have bought stock in Lowe's before we started this process. We may have been able to pay off the church, and because uh, we've spent a lot of time over there. But uh, it was good to meet her, and I'm glad she was able to be with us. She didn't have to go to work today. She told me she said I may have to leave early. I said that's all right. Just come on, get you some Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, uh, but again, glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen. Anybody enjoying the new facility? Amen. How was the temperature today? Was it decent? Amen. A little warm last week. Getting there. We're figuring this whole thing out. And, uh, but it is, um, it is good. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to talk to you for a few minutes, and I won't hold you past about 1.30. Is that okay? All right, Josh, good to see you guys back, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Somebody on the praise team, I ain't going to say it was, Kalisha, but said that, um, she said, just as long as you get me out of here before 12, we'll be all right. I said, well, we can do that. So, uh, amen, amen. No, it won't be that long. We're going we're gonna to do something, but uh, I don't know what's going on up here on the stage. I got, feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Oh, glory. Y'all can't hear that. Nobody else can hear that. Maybe it's just the anointing up here on the stage. Amen. It just left. Never mind. I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He didn't catch it. He didn't catch it. <laughs> Test 1, 2. Check 1, 2. Hold on. Hold on. Check. Something's doing something. Come on, get the lights working with me, Philip. Come on. Ah. Okay. All right. Hey, I love new technology. I love all this stuff. We're going to figure it out here before too much time. All right, it'll work. I can hear myself. No, but I can hear myself. We're okay. It'll be all right. I'll just have to preach loud so I don't hear it. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Let's do this thing. Let's get in here. Therefore, look at your neighbor and say, therefore. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Oh, I love that. Man, that's good. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Wow. 
One more time. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Check this video out if you will. I gave you my Amen. That's good right there. <laughs> Come on. Come on. You can you give God a praise offer for new things this year? Amen. 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 Now join me with me in prayer. Father, thank you for a new year. Lord, it's a new day, God. And I thank you, Lord, that there are new dreams, new visions, God, and even some old visions and dreams that people thought weren't going to happen, God, are going to rise up today, God. Somebody's going to see you today in a new light. And, God, they're going to experience new life in this place today, God. And I just thank you for who you are, for what you're going to do today in this place, God. Once again, thank you for every person who showed up in this place today, God, and let not one person leave the same way. Let them leave different. God, I pray, Lord, my prayers is, is less of us, more of you, God. And we thank you for that now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. That was good. Whatever you did, glory to God. That's awesome. Mm, he made all things new up here on the stage. Praise the Lord for that. Amen, amen. It's good to see you. I, again, I got to say this. I love having you closer to me. It just makes me just to say, oh, I'm telling you, man, I, I mean, that's, you know, that's cool. I just love having you up here closer. And when we get in even a bigger facility, we're going to start the chairs right here, the same place. And goes, I just like having you up here closer. But um, God is doing some cool new things in our church, and uh, he's doing some new things in our people, and it's exciting to see what he's doing. And, and I tell you, and this with great faith, I believe he's getting ready to do some even greater things and some new things in your life, and, and he's going to continue to move forward. And I, I love when people are seeing it and catching it and feeling the heart of the church and, and feeling what we're all about. And I tell you, I love the feedback I've been getting this week from some of our new folks that God sent our way. I, I've heard things like, it didn't feel like a church, it felt like a family. Man, I love that. I praise God for that. Uh, we've been uh, teaching our four-year-old, uh, been trying to train him up in, in, in the area of prayer. We've been talking to him about prayer, and, and, in, and when it's time to, to, to close your eyes at night and, and spend some time in prayer, we're trying to just not, um, I guess, have this rehearsed prayer, because his rehearsed prayer... It, it, it didn't really make sense anyway, because the way he says stuff, it, you know, now let me down to sleep. I saw, I saw, I mean, you know, it's like you're the Holy Spirit. Seriously, it was all over him. You couldn't understand what he was saying. So, so we, just, we just say, Caleb, praying is this, you just talk to God. Just talk to God. And I love this. Faith, uh, Faith, you in here this morning, you're in Kiss Church. She isn't here, uh, not working at Kiss Church today. But she, she took Caleb, she laid him down the other night, and, and she spent some time with him. And she was like, Caleb, let's pray. And I'm so thankful she did this. She recorded and typed out and wrote down his prayer. And so this is a prayer of a four-year-old. It said this right here. It said, Dear God, thanks. Our family, whatever that means, he said, thanks for helping our church, making it a happy place, a happy family. Amen. 
And I was like, you go, dog. I mean, at four years old, I mean, I believe he, he's captured and grabbed the uh, heart of what this is about. And uh, I'm just so thankful for that. I, I received, uh, it was in my, on my, in my door this morning, but one of our young ladies who is, who is, is from Amber, who is working in kids' church this morning, she wrote a poem. She had to do some of these poems for school, but she wrote one of them about our church. I love this. I love when people talk about the church. We should be bragging on it, be excited about it. It said this. You, I guess, put this in school. She submitted this to school. It said, I walked through the door of the freshly painted room, and I began to feel the excitement of every person there, the pastor, the singers, and even the crowd. They sang the most beautiful songs with the most uplifting words. I felt, I felt so refreshed, so moved. I couldn't wait to hear what was next. As the words came out of the pastor's mouth, everyone thought, Said the piano, Gary, like this. The piano was going as people were filled, healed, and touched. Amen. The new year is starting, and it's time to forgive and forget. Look to the future, and remember that greater things are yet to come. Amen. Can we give God a praise offering for that? That was good. Amen. 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 And I'm gonna try to find me. I'm up here. What number am I on? I'm ringing. Ten or nine. Glory to God. Amen. That would be that one. Amen. Amen. Technology. Again, I love it. Amen. Hey, I said that real loud just to see if it was going for feedback. It didn't. <laughs> Praise God. All right, let's do this. Let's jump into this thing. I tell you, um, last week I was getting to some stuff and I, I, it was just cool. It was just really neat to talk about some of the things that, that I believe God put in our heart that's going to take us into this new year. And one of the things we talked about was forgetting we talked about putting things behind you. Uh, we talked about reaching. And we talked about pressing. We talked about three important things. And every time you do any of these things, there are always some opposition that comes against you. Every time you get ready to do any of these areas in your life, there's opposition that comes against you. But as I just begin to think about the newness, I just begin to study the scriptures out. Let's listen to some of the scriptures. And I, I believe this is a word for somebody even today. Isaiah 43, and Isaiah prophesied this in verse 19. He said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Amen. That's saying this, what he will do. It's what he's going to do. He said, Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen? Think about that for just a second. I mean, in a place of wilderness, I don't know if you've ever watched Man vs. Wild. Anybody ever seen that, that show? His, his entire reason of that show and what he's doing, his purpose is he gets put in a wilderness position. He gets put in a desert place. And his, it is, his reason is to get to civilization, to get somewhere. And so this guy has to make roads. He has to create roads. He has to do these things. But I love it. In a wilderness or in a river, in, in a desert, God will bring the provision and, and put you in a position to take you through that thing and bring you to a new place. Lamentations 3.22 and 23 says this. It says, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. Amen. It's through the mercy of God. It's through, it's through His grace and His mercy and His love. When the things are coming against you, as some of you have been dealing with some things, and I prophesied new things in a new year like to you last week, and some new jumps started happening. Amen. But you know something? Through all the mess, you will not be consumed. He says through His mercies, because His compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your 
faithfulness. Amen. We serve a faithful God. We serve a God who loves us so much. And as I begin to think again about the newness of the things that God has for us, I've been studying. I was getting ready to bring some stuff to you this week, and I'm still going to bring it, but it kind of messed with me for a minute. When I was in the gym, finally, after being out for a long time, I was in the gym, uh, had worked out, was getting ready to come back to the office, and ESPN was up on the TV in, in, in the uh, restroom there, in, uh, in the um, tr- uh, room where you get ready, and I, was, I looked up, and I started watching this thing, and it was a special on Mark Ingram. Anybody familiar with Mark Ingram? Some of the fellows are, yeah. If you know who it is, say, yeah. Yeah. Ladies, if you know who it is, say, yeah. Okay, a couple of you did. All right. But, but Mark Ingram is, Mark Ingram is, uh, he is the uh, running back for the Crimson Tide, Roll Tide, Alabama. Any Alabama fans? Hey, man, what do we do? I forgot about those. Yeah, we do have a few. I know we have some Tiger fans. I mean, we got some chicken fans. And I can't believe y'all answered to that. We got, you got some Gamecock fans. All right, we be politically correct before I run somebody out of church. But, but I, I saw this about Mark Ingram, and it just, really, it just really hit me. Mark Ingram won the Heisman Trophy. This one, this one of the, the most, I guess, coveted awards in, in college football. Again, I'm not a huge fan of uh, football, but as I watched this, I, I, I saw this special, and they were talking about Mark and what separated him from the other players. So what separated him and made him different. So as I was, as I was watching this or sitting there in the locker room, I grabbed my phone out and began to write down some of the things that they said about him. And as I was saying this, I was like, dude, that's crazy. Because what made him great was some of the things that, it, that God had been putting in my heart to speak to you that's going to make you great. And it's going to get you to place this year to receive the new things that God has for you. So I just jotted some of these things down. And, uh, and it, just, it just began to blow me away. But I, I asked Hunter if he would to put together a few clips of Mark Ingram just so you'll know who he is. The quality is not the greatest. It come from YouTube. But I appreciate him doing this. Tim, if you roll this real quick, I'd appreciate it. Check this out. This is Mark Ingram. It's an honor to be like, considered, you know, as one of the top candidates for the award. But not to worry about it. I'm just really worried about helping this team land and get better First and foremost, I'd like to thank God. I'm so blessed, but without him I wouldn't have been able to accomplish this. That's Mark Ingram. That's the running back for uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And as they were talking in this, in this special about him, they said a few things, and it really it, it hit me because, again, that's what God had been hitting with me. And the very first thing they said that made him great, 
that put him in position to receive the prize. We've been talking about receiving the prize and getting to that place and, and coming to the, to the place where we receive that encounter with Christ. It said the first thing that made him great and, and that it separated him from some of the others, and this is where if you are a note taker, you can start jotting these things down. The first thing was this. The first thing was his vision. It was his vision. It was his ability to see the field. So when he comes into a position, he comes into a place, and he receives that football that's handed to him, he is able to scan and look across the field and sees all these 300-pound guys that are coming at him and are, and are coming in his direction, but amidst all the folks that are coming at him, he has a vision to find the place where he needs to run and that he needs to go to to advance and to move forward. And I... I don't know, it just kind of hit me. And it's what God has been putting on my heart. The very first thing that we're going to have to have this year, if we're going to be able to walk in the newness of Christ and, and, and walk in the things that, that God's given us, is we've got to have a vision for it. We've got to have a vision for these things. Proverbs 29 says that without a vision, people perish. And, and, and that gets put on a lot of, lot of places and a lot of labels on churches and division overall as a church. But I believe individually, if you don't have the vision for that, you will perish. If you don't have the vision for victory, you will perish. I, I believe if you can't begin to see and get a vision of the things that God has for you, you'll begin to come to a place where you miss what God has put at your potential and you'll miss it. It's very important what you see. After we got together the other day and we were, we were finishing up, putting some of the finishing touches on this building, I took one of our uh, members of the hospitality team, I, might have been Nicole or whatever, and we went into the hospitality room and we, and, and we were standing there and she had had this stuff laid out and they did such a wonderful job decorating and all that kind of pretty stuff. That's cool. But for me, I see other things. For me, I see something different, and I believe they see this, and that's why we saw God do what he did last week. But last week, I, I, in, during that time, I said, uh, Nicole, I said, come here, I, I want you to see this. You have to see this. And as we were standing there, we were looking down this hallway, and I said, do you see someone walking through that door, never been to Faith or New Outreach Center, do you see them walking through this door and coming up to this table and you putting your arms around them and greeting them and, and gathering their information and, and giving them some information about the church? Do you see then them coming into this place and we walk and we come to this door right here and I said, then you walk and you take them into this room and in this room they experience the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Do you see in this room them coming to Christ and then them coming to an altar and then them turning their life over to Christ and, 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 and starting a new life in Him? I said, you have to see it. She shook her head. And, and then me and Chad were talking about this and we were reliving that same story and, and tears just began to come down my face. It began to come down his face. And as we were thinking about what God was doing, you have to be able to see these things. And here's the deal. If you will ever see it, then you can walk in and have it. And, but, but a lot of times we mess that up. Uh, we, we come into a place and because our image is so clouded by what we've been through and because of our past, we have a hard time getting an image of our future. Because of what we went through and what someone did to us or we did ourselves, a lot of times we miss it and we miss what God has in the future because we're so clouded. Every time we try to get a vision to see forward, only thing we see is what's behind us. And we miss so many things for, that, that God has. And it just, it, it just blows my mind. But as I got into God's Word, I just began to think about some of the people who saw it before they ever had it. 
They had to see it. I believe our hospitality team saw it. And you know what we saw last week? People come in this place, get arms put around them in this door, walk this, through this door, come into a place, experience worship, experience praise, experience God, hear the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, and then come to know Him as Lord. That's a, that's a reason to get happy, amen? We saw that. Oh, y'all too quiet for somebody who got their life changed, amen? Come on, give God a praise for that. That's a good place. But you, you have to be able to, to, to see that happen. And as I begin to think about a lot of times what happens in, in if, if, we, if we let things mess with us and keep our vision on where we've been, we'll miss on where we're supposed to go. Go to Mark chapter 5 real quick. Mark chapter 5. I don't think I gave you all this, guys, so you can pull it up if you want to. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. There's a lady, and if you've been in church any amount of time, you've probably heard a story about this lady. There was a lady in the Bible who had an issue of blood. She had a sickness. She had a problem, and, 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 and she had a blood disorder. And, and for 12 years, she struggled with this issue. For 12 years, she struggled with the problems that she was facing. And for 12 years, she took her money that she had. And for 12 years, she, she spent, the Bible said, all that she had had on doctors. And, and, and she spent everything that she had. And, and she had exhausted every, every resource that she had. Uh, it, it says in, in verse 25, it says that, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and has suffered many things from many physicians. She has spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. You ever been in that place? Maybe not spent all your money, or maybe you have. But it's it, but it spent all your resources. Given up everything that you, you could do in your own strength. You, you tried to do it, and you, you tried. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing. I'm going to try this thing. And give it everything that you had, and it spent all your resources. But it says she spent all she had, but was no better, but rather grew worse. Somebody needs to hear that right now. Listen. So you think, well, Pastor brought that word last week, man, forgetting old things and did some new stuff, and I'm ready. And then all of a sudden this week, something got worse. Listen, don't quit. It said that it grew worse, but she heard that Jesus came. But when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. Now, this, is, this is cool. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. What could she have done? She could have said, because of all the junk and the mess that I've been through, I'm just going to go ahead and quit and give up and die right here. She could have said, I've exhausted every resource. But she had, she had to have had this vision. She had to have had this image to be able to say this. I'm telling you, what you see is what you'll say. And then as you begin to say it, you'll begin to receive it. She said this. <clears throat> she said that if I may touch his garment... She could have focused on the fact that she didn't have anything left. 
She could have got her focus off of, off of who was coming and she could have looked at the situation and she said, I, I, I have no strength, I have, I'm weak, all this. I could, have, I could have just focus on those things. But she began to get an image, a vision of this guy Jesus who was going to be passing her way. And I, I love it. She saw in her mind the vision of her being healed. Now, I've heard this preached, and again, I love preachers who can just bring in and get you real happy about it, and I've had some preachers preach this, and literally, when they got through with it, it was almost like I could see that woman being like Mark Ingram. I mean, literally busting through the crowd and, 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 and just moving people out of the way and, and, and pushing people through and getting hit by one and bouncing off it, not stopping, but still pressing through. But as I begin to think about that, I think it was just the opposite because the Bible said that she had spent everything that she had and grew worse. I, I can see them, you know, in, in, in some of the ways it's been preached, her putting a stiff arm on them and, and pushing through and getting, making the dive at the end of the and grabbing hold of it just in time. I don't think that was it. Matter of fact, I think it was just the opposite. I believe that she was probably wobbly. You lose blood for 12 years. See how weak you are. She was, she, was, she was probably in a place of struggle. She was broke. She had nothing left. She was, she was wobbly. She was weak. She was hurting. But she didn't stop. Because I believe she had a vision of this. And she said, if I can just touch him, I'll be made whole. And however it happened, whatever took place, the, the, the truth be known, there was probably more him coming to her than her going to him. She had probably finally got herself pushed to the crowd and just, just maybe in a weaker condition. She may have been laying down. I don't know. But she may have been in the place to where Jesus passed by and she reached up and she grabbed hold of the garment. And she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I'll be made well. Listen to what happened. Immediately. Thank you. Well, immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see the multitude throwing around you, and, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him, told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your inflation. Just stay for a minute. What are you seeing right now for 2010? What, what do you have a vision of right now? Can, can, you, can you see yourself not having to put a medication in your body again? 
Can you, can, you, can you see yourself being able to write a check and, and, and hand it to the car dealership and say thank you very much? Can you see yourself writing the check and handing it to this church saying thank you very much? And me saying thank you very much. <laughs> what is it that you have a vision for? And I'm telling you, this only happens when you see it. Probably one of the, the, the stories that blows my mind the most about somebody who saw something was what Pastor Stephen preached on a few weeks ago. It was a blind guy who had a vision. It only makes sense what I just said in the natural. A blind guy with a vision. But the blind guy heard that Jesus was coming and started screaming, Come on, Jesus, come here to me. Make me well. I believe he saw it. I believe he began to see it in his mind, coming to a place. And then they were trying to shut him up and bring him down and tell him to stop. What do you see this year? What do you have a picture of this year? Do you have a picture of yourself healed? Do you have a picture of your marriage working? Your relationship getting stronger? Do you have a picture of your finances getting out of the mess and coming into a place of victory? What do you have a picture of? It's what you see. It's what you get. Tina Turner messed this up in the 80s. I want to mess up some stuff. She messed this thing up. She had a song that was big hit, and then she said, "What you get is what you see." And then she, you know, did her thing with her life. You know, she just she did that. That was just free, everybody. <clears throat> but, but listen, that's messed up. It's what we are in the natural, and it's what happens in in the flesh, Bill. It's what happens when, when we look at everything in a natural thing and, and we get something, and then whatever it is we have and whatever we're stuck with, then that's just what we see. As long as we have that mindset, we'll never get it. But I see some things. Nicole, we saw coming in the door. I, I see it. For our church, the vision for our church is, is, is three words. It's just making Jesus known. It's simply just stated. We exist for three words. To make Jesus known. That's it. And it blows my mind. We wrestle, we've talked about some of this stuff as staff, and we have this big, long, cool statement, and it sounds real good, and I like it. We kept it on the website because I think it's pretty good. Nobody can remember it. I don't even remember it, and I wrote it. I'm just being honest. And I said, God, when everything boils down, when it's all said and done, when everything finished, God, what really matters, Paul said it. He said that I may know him. We used to say it, and I think it's cool. There's nothing wrong with it. Other churches do this. That we, that we're making Jesus famous. I like that. I want to make him famous. But God hit me one day. He said, you know something? There's a lot of famous people that you don't know. Obama is one of the most famous men in the world today right now. Or maybe Tiger Woods might have, might have uh, topped him out right now. Too many people knew him, I guess. That's his problem. Y'all stop. Y'all stop. Let's open up the altars right now. Y'all need to come repent. Come repent. But no, listen. I don't know 
Obama. They, they some famous jokers in this world. I don't know them and they don't know me. But God said this, do you know me? Are you making me known? And, and, I, I, and you know me, I'm one of those guys, I love to put stuff out, study it out, and just really, really kind of break it down. This is what the word know means. And, and this, this is just dictionary.com. To perceive or understand as fact or truth. To apprehend clearly and with certainty. To have established or fixed in the mind or memory. To be cognizant or aware of. To be acquainted with by sight, experience, or report. To understand from experience or attainment. To be able to distinguish as one from another. And then that number seven definition of that is to know intimately. And as I begin to think, I, I, even, I even let God hit me with it. And he did. If you let him, he will. Do we know him? I think I, I've been in church, I guess, 40 years. Maybe 39. Mom was rolling into church, belly out, me in there. 40 years. I know I do church. There's a lot of people that's going through the motions. I love Gary's testimony. It's awesome. I get you to share it again sometime for some of the new folks. On a stage, leading worship, playing the piano. Knew how to do that. Didn't know him. Fell in love with him one day. There's people in our, in our church today, they're in this building even right now, and, and they know how to do it. We know how to get out of the parking lot and get out of the car and come in the building and take one phase off, put another one on and come in and go through the motions. But when it's all said and done, do we know him? My heart's this, is that when it's all said and done, Jesus is not somebody you heard me preach about. But it's somebody that you know intimately and you have a relationship with and you walk with him every day of your life. And you come to that place and here's the deal. You'll get to know him usually this way in the difficult situations of life. And she was during those times that you'll get really to a place where you have to trust him and come and lean on him. We have people in this congregation who could come up here and say that's a lot better than me, but they're going through some stuff. But it's been through these times that they began to know who God really is. And here's how it works. That's how it works. It's usually in the fight that you'll get your focus where it needs to be. I had a good time yesterday. We went down to Eastside High School and Adam fought in a wrestling tournament and, and it was fun. And, and I, 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 was, I was up here and I was trying to get him pumped up before he goes in there. I said, how do you guys stay focused? You go in there. You don't stop. You go in and do your thing and you, you come out. You do these things. But here's the deal. This is how it works. There's no reason for him to be focused. Laying in the bed, kid back, watching TV or whatever. But it's in that fight it's in that tough place that you better get your vision and your focus where it needs to be. And it's normally in those times. It's normally in those times 
we could draw closer to him. What separated Mark Ingram from how many other running backs out there in the world? I, I don't know, hundreds, maybe, or whatever it is. He was able to see. And he had a vision. And he visualized himself in the end zone with a football making a move. He said it on the video. He's lying. He's lying. Well, I'm not really worried about the Heisman Trophy. I'm here to do No, he was. I believe he had a vision of himself. And I believe he saw himself getting up and receiving that prize and, and coming before the people and saying, you know something? I give God glory and honor for this. He's blessed me and put, in this, put me in this position. He saw it. Here's my question to you today. What do you see? What are you looking at? Let me give you two more real quick. The second thing that separated and made him greatness, what we have to be able to do was this. He had the ability to cut. Only football fans know what that is. Some of the women's like, what's that mean? That don't sound good. No. Listen, he had the ability to cut. He could be going towards somebody, and this is a big guy, but he had the ability to cut and go the opposite direction. And God had already been telling me, he'd already been saying, did you, go, did, did, you were going to come up with some opposition? Now listen to me. I spent six weeks teaching you how to fight through our last series. I'm not teaching you now how to run. But listen, I do believe this. There are some things that you can avoid. I believe there are some situations that you, you, you don't have to go through if you will learn how to make the move when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and says, do this, go this direction, do this thing. I believe he could keep you out of the stuff. 2 Timothy 2 says this. It says that you need to flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. But avoid, look at that, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife. 1 Thessalonians 5.22 says, Abstain from every form of evil. Listen to me. I believe this. I believe that, that God can keep you from some stuff if you'll listen to him. When he says you need to do this, you walk in obedience. You walk in, 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 in the direction that God speaks, in the direction he says you to. And I'm telling you, this, this, this year, some of you need to just avoid some stuff. There's going to be opportunities for you to get ticked off or get mad and get frustrated. If you avoid it, God can keep you from it. If you listen to him, he, he'll, he'll keep you, he'll take you through it. The third thing was this, Mark, the separated Mark, it says, was his jumping ability. You see this big old guy carrying this football, people come at him, and the ability to raise his legs up and to rise up over the situation, and again, that's what I've already been thinking about. And when he, they saw this, I was like, man, that's crazy. But God can do this for you. Colossians 3, real quick. Colossians 3, real quick. I'm going to show you this. This is going to mess with you. I'll give you this one. I'm good. Colossians 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is. Sitting at the right hand of God, 
and set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. He said to set your mind on things above and not on things on the earth. This year, this week, probably today, there are going to be some things placed in front of you. You have the choice to do this. I'm going to set my mind in a higher place. I'm going to set my mind in some things above. I'm going to set my mind where Pastor said I need to be sitting and having a vision and seeing what God's going to do this year. Listen to me. you got to see this. If you see it. If you see it. God, today, let, let the vision come back for somebody. Someone had a vision, and, and, and God, you saw God using you for him and for his glory, for his honor. Man, that vision kind of got faded. You said, man, it ain't going to happen. Listen to me. God wants to, wants to make it fresh once again. Some of you never had a vision. You said, man, God can never use me. I done done too much. There's too much junk behind me. Listen to me. He's got new dreams for you, new visions. The vision he's put in my heart and what he's, he's called his church to do to make, make him known. God wants to connect you to that. He wants you to, wants you to be able to grab hold of that and run with it and that vision to be clear for you or for everybody who that you come in contact with. But you got to see it. Stand with me if you would, please. Hallelujah. Just bow your heads for a moment. Just close your eyes for just a second. What do you see right now? It's dark. No, you got to see past that. Past the natural, past your eyelids, past what's just what's naturally in front of you right now. What do you see? What do you have a picture of? If what you see right now is, is yourself staying in that same place and never coming out, not try to prophesy no gloom, doom, but you'll probably never come out. But today, if you let God renew the vision, renew the dream, begin to seek Him and see His face. He said this, if anyone is in Christ, all things pass away. Behold, all things become near. Some of you here this morning, as I was speaking just a few moments ago about knowing God and knowing Jesus and having that, that, that relationship where you know. If you was honest today and you was truthful, you was just real. So I try to be just real. You don't know him. That can change today. How you know, Pastor? Because I see it. I see it. I see your life being changed. I see you coming to a place where you know him, not just know church, not know about him, not know how to go through the motions, but you know him. He knows you. 
Just as your heads are bowed. Now, I want to ask this question. If you're in this room, and we saw this last week, God did this, and there's some here today that need to make this decision. If you're here and you don't know Him, I want, to, I want to lead you in a prayer that can change your life. I want to introduce you to my friend. I want to introduce you to Jesus, the one that you can know and who knows you and can take you to a new place in Him. Now you know I see it. That's why we do what we do here. Let's be honest and be real. His heads about eyes are closed. If you don't know Him, you could have been in church every day of your life. Every, every, every Sunday you could have been there, but if you don't know Him, it means nothing. It means nothing. This could be your first time in a church. The question is this, do you know Him? If you're in this place, you say, I, I want you to pray with me. I, 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 want to lead, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to know Him. I want to do this right where you're staying. I want to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, and you'll be honest and be real, I just want you to shoot your hand up real quick. I want to pray for you. If you're here and you don't know Christ, if you don't know Him, I want to pray for you. Shoot it up real high. If you don't know Him, not church, you may know me. I don't mean much. I want to know Him. Do you know Him? Thank you, Father. I want to ask this question. You hear this this morning. I, I want to ask you this question: What you've been seeing, the vision that's been in your mind, what you see this year, 2010 being? It's not what I've spoken over you. It's not what the word says. The vision has been clouded. The vision has been messed up. And today, you want to have a fresh vision for what God wants to do in your life. You want to see today. You want to see today with clear vision <laughs> what God has for you. Just slide your hand up where you are this morning. I'll pray with you. Thank you. Who else? Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Just pray with me. God, make the direction clear right now. Make the vision clear. Remove any blinders. Today, Lord. Mm. Remove any blinders today, Lord. God wants to set somebody free. Every time you close your eyes, you see what you've done, what you've done, and where you've been, and what you've been through. God wants to remove those things. The only time you're going to relieve, relive those scenes is when you're giving testimony of God's love and God's grace. God, I pray right now that you'll set people free from the past things so they can re receive and walk into the future things right now. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I also want to ask this. If you want God to refresh the vision, 
in your life and in your heart right now. The vision of knowing Him and here's the big thing, making Him known. I want you to pray with me right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for the vision of this house. Lord, I thank you for the vision of this house, this place, God. Lord, a desire that you place in us, God, to make you known and have others come to where they know you. God, refresh that in each of us right now. Refresh that in each of us right now. Make it clear. Angel, if you would come up, I want you guys just to sing real quick. I just want you to sing, fall in love with Jesus. If you would, as they sing this, I want Robbie and see here. I want Robin, you guys to come down. I want, I, want, I want to pray for him. He's having surgery this week. Some of our leaders and people believe in healing. I just want to pray for him if we could. So that you raised your hand just a few moments ago, I want you to let you know the altar is open to you. We'd love to pray with you. We, see, we saw God do some killer things in this place last Sunday through our time of prayer, and it was amazing what God did. If you want to join us, if you have a special need, we want to be able to just pray with you right now. If you have a special need, duh. we want to be able to pray with you right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Come on down, Jesus. Amen. As they sing this, I, I, again, our altars are open if you, if you need special prayer for anything. We're going to be praying for some healing in a body up here. We're going to be praying for a healing of some, some, some other hurts and some things that some people are going through. I want you to join your faith with ours as we pray, and I want you to agree with us that God's going to do His work. Guys, let's begin to surround Him right now.